Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. It was very sunny. It was nice, actually. It was a lovely week to have off. So I, I took the dogs for walks and had a walk with my friend Mike around the beaches. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, and it was nice to just switch off completely. That's why I didn't do the podcast. Often I, I take a week off and then end up writing about Talk United and doing the podcast. I thought this time, just switching off, which was good. Complete break. Well, thank you very much again to Charlie Baker for joining uh, last week's podcast. Yeah, I, I, chatting to Charlie. I did listen and I'm worried for my job now. <laughs> we had some interesting things to say about uh, about supporting Torquay and uh, yeah, good good stuff. But the old team's back together again yeah. this week. Yeah, um, you've been chatting to Gary Johnson this morning. Very interesting chat. I've had a sneaky listen to it. Loose lips sink ships is the phrase that you were searching for, or you will be when people listen to it in a moment. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Neither of us could remember that the phrase that we that, that Gary was was looking for, but. Um, yeah, it, he's on, good, good, yeah, he's good. On top form this week. Yeah, it was a good chat, wasn't it? Um, it's one of those chats when I'd rec- come off come off the phone and obviously I record it, and uh, I thought, well, oh, that's going to sound sound good this week. We, we we covered some ground, really. Well, there we go. Well, without further ado, then let's let the uh, the nice ladies and gentlemen have a listen to what Gary had to say this week, and we'll uh, we'll listen into your chat now. Okay, Gary, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, how's the week been after the uh, Woking game? Well, very professional, as usual. You know, we, we're obviously all a bit disappointed with the way the game finished and, and, and the result of the game and, uh, you know, being knocked out of, uh, of the cup. But, um, you know, once it's we do the review and everyone knows what went well, what didn't go well, then obviously a total um, focus is then becomes on Hartlepool, and uh, so you know that's that's why I even had to think about who we actually played last <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we, we're going to be you know we worked on it. We, we was in uh, on on the on the Tuesday um, and all the way through, and you know we're totally ready for the Hartlepool game. Um, you've asked the officials to, to explain how they came to the decision about the late goal that was uh, chalked off. Um, you've done that. That's now in the back of your mind, is it? And you'll just you look forward from now on. Yeah, it's in the back of my mind. You know, you get it out of your mind by dropping them a line just to say, you know, um, to help really. But yeah. also it's just to actually get it out of your head because you want them to come back and say, look, we're so sorry, we think, the, the referee and the linesman made a mistake, and in which case we all make mistakes, we move on. Do you know what I mean? But or it might help them talk to the referees and linesmen about discussing it between them where they can, on a cut, you know, or, and, and just you know, open it up a little bit and see what comes up. But um, generally, um, not a lot comes up. No, no. Uh, from past experience, um, but I've. You know, I've logged it. I've, I've logged the, uh, you know, the complaint, as it were, or the, you know, the, 
the request and uh, we'll see what, what comes back. Since I spoke to you the other day for the, for the newspaper, I've kind of, in my mind, gone back through the game and there was a moment as well just before that where I think it's Rob Street gets tapped on the foot inside the area and goes down and the referee isn't interested. That could have been a penalty too. Absolutely. Um, you know, that was a... It was probably because it was a clever little one rather than a you know, fully-fledged, tackle, a massive tackle. It was a clip, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the replay showed it very clearly. It was definite yeah. contact. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, you make contact in the area and the ball's somewhere near you, then, uh, of course, it, that, that could be a penalty. But, um, you know, that's... Sometimes they're given, sometimes they're not, you know what I mean? But uh, And that could have been a big decision. So, you know, my major, uh, when when you have to give marks to referees, unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't get a great mark from me for major decisions, which, oh. you know, which dictate the result of a game often. I was thinking so, about that when we spoke the other day about you giving marks to referees. Is there kind of... You, you, you'll have days when, you know... you. You're annoyed at decisions by referees, but I guess you always give them a pretty good mark, do you? Yeah, generally. I mean, there's other things, you know, like it's about, you know, did they control the game? How was their demeanour? Could could you, uh, you know, did you feel like you could discuss things with them? Uh-huh. Or, you know, it's it's all that that sort of stuff. So I think they're trying, but you know, generally the team that wins the game will give better marks than the yeah. teams the team that loses but I try not to do that and I'll discuss it and I mean over the years to be honest with you um, because I, I didn't get a lot of feedback from it I, I stopped doing the marks myself do you know what I mean and, okay. you know, it was, it, it's one of them but um, but on this occasion you know I've decided to uh, um, you know make make that decision of just requesting uh, an answer sort of thing because you know I, I, we all want it to improve you know, we want the you know, everyone does like the VAR stuff. You know, there's so many. Everybody's moaning about something at the moment. So it it does. You know, they don't need to listen to us old codgers that have been in the game a little <laughs> while <laughs> and and have experienced it. Like you know, and and understand how hard it is to referee a game. You know, I mean, I, when I'm refereeing a five-a-side with the lads, it's so awkward. Yeah. And I've I've, I've started. Um, giving bad decisions now that I know are wrong just to get the lads used to you know coping with a bad decision <laughs> and uh, thank god they still respect me enough to uh, accept the uh, accept the decision have you got a referee's kit and whistle I've got a whistle mate that's about it <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't look too clever in a referee's kit for some reason um, but, uh, yeah Looking forward, obviously there are injury problems. I mean, I've counted it up now. 16 players unavailable for for, for last Saturday's game. Um, some of those were, were cup-tied and there was a, a, a Sean McDonald was suspended. But that's a lot of injuries going forward into this, this weekend. And I know uh, it's probably too early for you to tell who is going to be ready, if any, from that list to, to take part. But how's it gone injury-wise looking at that this week? Um, we're getting closer. Yeah, you know that's all I can say each week. And uh, you know, unfortunately, supporters you know, probably won't get to know who's you know totally fit enough to play until the kickoff. Now I know they'd like to know before, 
sometimes I don't know. And, you know, sometimes people, like, as we speak now on a Thursday, we've not trained yet. We've got to train today. We've got to train tomorrow. Um, so that gives some injured lads that are close another couple of days yeah. to make their mind up as to whether they're ready. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you, you don't... You know, all, the, all your podcasts and all your reports, along with all the other local reports, all go on the social media. They all go on the news now. Um, you know, there's no doubt that every manager, including me, um, looks at all the managers' comments yeah. pre and post games, always. Yeah, which is you why you're I mean? guarded slightly about what you say. Yeah, and, and you know, people have to accept that and, yeah. you know, realise I'm. I'm doing it for the uh, for the best reasons to to help our football club win a football game. You know, it's like what, what was that saying they had during the war? You know, like um, loose tongues or something. Loose loose lips or, or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> save lives anyway. Yeah, I know yeah, I, I get the meaning. Yeah, yeah. I uh, know. Or, or, or anyway, exactly. <laughs> Look it up, mate. I will Look do. I will do. That's your little test for this week. I will but, do. But, but that's, you know, that, and that, there's very good reason in that, like, you know what I mean? Because we yeah. have got to be careful um, what we say. The same as when it's, when you're trying to get a, um, somebody in on a transfer, you know, the minute I go in for somebody and, and announce it, you can bet your life that 20 other clubs are going to be saying, who's that? Who's he trying to get in? Like, yeah. let's see, we, you know what I mean? So, everything uh, sometimes has to, uh, you know, stay behind closed doors, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sutton won. I, I tell you what, they've become the kings of late goals, haven't they? They won on they won on Tuesday night, so that's that's only one point between us now, with a couple of games in hand for them. But you're you're concentrating on Torquay, aren't you, rather than looking at what they're doing? Yeah, of course you are. I mean, you know, they've they've got games in hand, and you know, they they obviously if they win their games in hand, then uh, you know they can be top of the league. We just got to keep going. Um, there is a period of time when we play them that they've actually, I, I believe, they've got a couple of home games coming up, but then they've got seven, seven away games, and us in the middle, um, uh, with us included in okay. the middle of that. Yeah, so I think seven, one at home, seven away, and we're we're one of those. So it's, um, you know, they haven't they haven't hit a bad patch in form yet they haven't hit a bad patch in injuries yet if you look at their team it's the same team week in week out so you know sometimes you can have that little bit of luck and and, you know right same team today lads we've won and you're all fit Um, but we're still only halfway through the season and we've all got to remember that there's a lot of points to play for there's games you know that They've got to play all the top teams. We've still got to play all the top teams. So yeah. it's uh, there's, there's still a lot to play for. We just got to not panic. Hang on in there, and uh, you know steer your ship around all those icebergs that might pop up in front of you. Will you be reminding the players of what they did against Hartlepool earlier on in the season? I won't have to do that. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they'll know that. And uh, the, the other thing is, they'll know that this can be a totally different game. Yeah. A, we, you know, we got different players out on the pitch they've got different players out on their pitch you know he's made a uh, you know a big play on bringing sort of players in if you like um, since our game and I think since our game they, they hadn't 
lost at home. I think they'd won six or seven games on the trot. So it will be a totally different game. But at the same time, um, it's another six-pointer, even though we're saying about early season. Uh, because they're so close to us, it'd be nice to put a little bit more space early on uh, between them. Brilliant. Between thank, us. thank you very much, Gary. That's great. Good All luck right. on Saturday. And uh, I shall speak to you next week. Okay, mate. Thank See you. Ya. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. So, interesting stuff from Gary this week. As you say, um, you know, he's obviously had time to reflect uh, on that, you know, the woking, the refereeing, you know, how he responds as a manager to a refereeing display that uh, that he's seen as being possibly slightly short of uh, his expectations. And also very interesting, you know, as we said right at the beginning of the podcast, new slips, sink ships. I mean, he doesn't give much away on injuries and he's explained exactly why, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we understood that anyway, didn't we? I think we've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, it's, it's difficult, first and foremost, to throw forward. When, when you've got an injury crisis like we have, to talk about it on a Tuesday when I'm usually talking to him for the paper's copy on the Tuesday morning, um, to throw, throw forward to, to Friday when he's only seen the players um, train once on the Monday morning. So um, it's very difficult for him to talk about injuries early in the week and anyway does he want to talk about injuries because um, as he said you know and 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 as as he said he does as well is everything that that goes down in an interview is available for opposing managers to find on on the web these days Um, you know he mentioned news now which is a a service that I think we all probably use that it's got a spider that, that that goes around the internet and looks for any mention of Torquay United or whatever club yeah. you put into the search and throws up all the articles that, that mention mention the name. So you can find everything nowadays. You don't have to do an extensive Google search, although News Now has been around for years. But um, it's all there, um, and he reads it, so he knows that opposing managers read it. And, and, and he doesn't want to give them any kind of clue as to how they're going to play. I mean, you know... They, they they can look back at how they have played, but you know they're not mind readers, and he doesn't want to help them be mind readers. Interesting how the old job of football management has changed, isn't it? We talked a couple of weeks ago about scouting. You know, you can watch games online now if if you can't get to a game between Hartlepool Reserves and Gateshead or something to look at a player, you can watch it online. And back in the old days, where managers and scouts and assistant managers would have been making phone calls up and down the country to uh, contacts and sources to find out who was fit and who was playing for other teams. As you say, it's, it's social media will tell you instantly. It's like, I mean, we've got the news this morning that the next Tuesday's Aldershot game is off. Yeah. Uh, and that fired around the internet in, in milliseconds, really. Once you get a piece of news like that, it, um, it goes everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, newfangled internet, Richard. Do you think it'll ever catch on? Never, never. Uh, did you see people did, in Barnstable using it? No, no. Did, never. did did David Thomas say that once? I believe he did. He yes, did. Yeah. yeah. Back in about we love you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Just remind you of that one. <laughs> Back in the day, can you see people in Barnstable using it? No. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that Gary was talking about is refereeing, which takes us back to the Woking game, which yeah. we watched in its entirety. Um, I've caught up on the highlights since. A um, couple of decisions really did go against us in the latter stages of the game, didn't they? The goal 
and what looked like a fairly decent shout for a penalty on Rob Street. Yeah, it was it was a penalty. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, if you see that in the Premiership and the referee hasn't seen it, VAR will pick that up and give a penalty. He kicked the back yeah. of his foot. Rob Street went down. It was in the area. It's a penalty. Now, so so obviously we'd already missed one penalty. Uh, Asa Hall missing the chance to score four penalties in three games, which have been some record. But um, unfortunately, uh, the goalkeeper made a good save. Actually, that was in the first half. Um, I was just saying on behalf of the goalkeepers union because I've got a mate who, who pulls me up on this all the time. It's not a missed penalty; no, it's a save penalty. It's a save penalty, and it, and it, it was a decent. It, it was a decent save as well. Um, but it should have been a second penalty, and that was probably three or four minutes, maybe five minutes before the the, 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 the disallowed goal that almost definitely should have been a goal. So, um, being knocked out of the cup one 0 at Woking could have been won the won the place in the semi final at Woking two one. Or you know, it's easy to say that you know we would have scored twice, but um, we might have scored the penalty and taken it yeah. to to extra time then. Or, or to, to, to the penalty shootout then? And, I mean, the offside goal, the goal that was disallowed at the end, the referee thought that Billy Waters had got his head to it, um, Billy Waters, who wasn't offside anyway. But, I mean, you can hear on the TV, on the highlights, you can hear Conor Lemon Hay Evans get his head to the ball, and there is no other sound before it goes in the net. I mean, it's, it's Connor's goal, isn't it? So the picture that um, James Fern took, which uh, he works for Pinnacle uh, Photo Agency, who we use, who um, were there, that we used on the back of the paper this week, clearly shows a gap between... Uh, you're holding it up, very good. Uh, I, I have it here. Clearly, yeah. sho- I nearly blew it up to use it, but actually you can see the gap anyway. Clearly shows yeah. a gap between... Um, Billy Walter's head and the ball. Now, if he had touched the ball, because of the direction the ball was travelling, it would have changed direction. And it didn't change direction. And the goalkeeper was never going to stop it because he's standing in the other, the other, you know, near the front post. What he was doing there, I've got it's no idea. It's very weird. It's gone past him. It's gone way yeah. past him. Um, so, Jake, Jake Andrews has, has sent the ball in with, with, with the free kick. Conor Levenay Evans has headed it towards goal. Um, it's carried on its journey in front of the strikers and, 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 and defenders. And Billy Waters has made an attempt to, yeah. to help it in. Um, uh, but it, it's just not touched the ball. Um, now, that's fine. Um, the referee puts it, the the, line, the linesman puts his flag up. The referee says that Billy Waters has touched the ball, and because he was in, it, in an offside position, um, the, refer, uh, the, the the goal is disallowed. Well, there's two problems there. Firstly, Billy Waters didn't touch the ball, so it went off, went in off Conor Lemonay Evans, who was onside. And secondly, even if Billy Waters had touched the ball, he was onside when he moved forward. So it would have stood anyway. So it was a right bungle. It was. But then we kind of argue against ourselves, Jim, because we've both been on record as saying that, you know, we don't like VAR, we don't like what it's done to the game. You know, watching Premier Football now is a lot less fun than it used to be because VAR comes in and, and spoils things. 
And there you've got a classic case of a referee and linesman making a decision that's wrong, but in the old days, the managers would have said, well, you, you win some, you lose some. It was crucial to the outcome of the game, though. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's what happens. That's the old-fashioned way, isn't it? It is, but um, you, you can put up with mistakes when, when, you know, it's very, very difficult to see. But there were two people there, the linesman and the referee, who didn't see something that I could see on a stream from behind the incident clearly at yeah. first viewing it, well, I didn't need the replays it would, it would be a sad day if we got VAR at our level though wouldn't it I mean we no, couldn't afford VAR well maybe 10 years down the line when, when, when uh, this kind of technology is a lot cheaper but um, we're not going to see it for a while but then it, we didn't need VAR for that one if VAR had been there we, we, we would have had both of those situations yeah. in our favour but it wasn't there, but we didn't need it anyway because it was so blindingly obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, grudgingly, good luck to Woking in the next stages of the Cup. Let's, um, you know, it's, uh, they're into the semi-finals. We'd love to have been in there, but I suppose the advantage now is that the pressure's slightly off on the fixtures. There's at least, uh, at least one more game, possibly two more games that we haven't got to worry about. Um, and you know, it's the old cliche of concentrate on the league. Of course, with the Aldershot game off next week as well, there's another chance to you know to continue getting some players fit again before the fixtures really kick in. Because as you say in the paper um, this week, it really is now Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and it'll be interesting to see where they can squeeze that Aldershot game back in again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, busy time, uh, but we don't have the trophy to think about anymore. Um, the injury problems are obviously causing havoc. Um, yeah. Where another player? Do you, like... you say it was sixteen players? Well, if you include, if you in... yeah, if you include Fraser Kerr in that, um, yeah. that was sixteen players missing. So um, my pad with it written on is in the other room. Uh, that was good planning, Richard. But. Um, so, so there was a whole host of in, uh, injured players. Plus, you had Sean McDonald, who uh, who was suspended after getting sent off at um, uh, where did we win on the Tuesday before? Solihull Moors. Yeah, yeah. So we had we had him suspended, and we had four players cup tied. We had um, James Hammond, the the Truro goalkeeper, who was on loan, uh, which meant that the first. Our first three goalkeepers were unavailable, and then the other three cup tied players were Olaf Kazella, Louis Slough, who both played uh, on while well, they were on loan at Southern League clubs, and um, Scott Bowden, who'd come in from, from Chesterfield, so he was also cup tied. So, 16 players in all, um, four cup tied, and, and one suspended. Um, yeah, um, and of course, you know. Carl Cameron added to the ranks of the uh, the injured. Um, it's not. It's it's it's. I mean, the, Joe Lewis might be back. His his is a, a a head knock, and so he was going through the uh, the what you have to do, which was the concussion kind of process, and that's why he wasn't available. He might be back Saturday, but yeah, it wasn't. Basically, Gary had every player he could have. In the 16. There wasn't any more players signed on that could be in the 16. 
the um, I mean, the head injury to Joe Lewis, to be honest, when he went down with the head injury uh, at Solihull Moors, I mean, the, uh, the the commentators were thinking that maybe it was a way, a bit of game management, and I, I hadn't realised he'd taken such a blow that uh, that he's, uh, he's subject to the concussion protocol. So it, it's, it, it, I mean, it's up in the air, really, I suppose, if he is available to come back on Saturday for the Hartlepool game. I think, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the protocol, but you have to pass certain thresholds don't yeah. you to uh, to be available yeah. and sometimes that can take longer than a week so we'll we, we, it's it's going to be a week and a half isn't it so we shall see indeed so that's i mean woking game is out of the way the i mean the, the goalkeeper the young lad from queen's park rangers martin brzozowski um i, I thought he played pretty well I, I, in my head there was a cheer well. then when you when you said his name oh what sorry in my head there was a, a round of applause and a cheer when you said his name <laughs> So so he's, eloquently, he's he's tricky. He's got he's got two ZOs in the middle of that name, Brzezowski. Yeah. So uh, I, ha- I should practice it before next week. I have to admit that when I was writing the match report for the web <clears throat> on uh, on Tuesday night, I was I was going back and copying copy and pasting his name each time from the first time I'd written it out carefully. I wasn't trying to write it out each time. We will get it right though. We're, uh, yep. we're long beyond the uh, the. the Dwayne Euphoria Champong was the last player that we really had a lot of trouble typing into live blogs yeah. and things like that. But we got there in the end. The lead do for players is to get their names right. So absolutely. we will get Martin's name right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I thought he did all right. He made it. Well, we got, got him for a month from QPR. It would be interesting to see if, um, if Gary plays him again or whether Gary sits him on the bench. I mean, Sean McDonald is available. I imagine that Marcin will end up on the bench on Saturday, but I, I think he's a I, I, I think international. Yeah, I mean, I, under nineteen international, as you said, <clears throat> for Poland. Uh, I think um, I think he'll be on the bench for a couple of weeks and then probably yeah. head back. I think uh, Lucas uh, Kovalan is close to returning, not not immediately, but I I think uh, I think there's some good news on the horizon there. Um, and obviously James Hammond is, Hammond is is there anyway. Uh, he's extended his loan for another month. So um, at the moment we have we have four goalkeepers plus a young goalkeeper. We've never had so many goalkeepers. One more uh, podcast fact about Martin Brzozowski is he is from Bydgosz in Poland, which is the speedway capital of Poland. So Absolutely. we're always getting speedway in whenever we can. Of course, of course, I knew that. <laughs> I, I, he, I, he, um, it was difficult for the goal. I think the ball yeah. was in before he he'd even seen it. it <coughs> Excuse nice, me. Nice finish from Lozer as well. I yeah, mean, I mean, not not before he'd seen it, but I mean, it, you know, it was a great, great finish right across, back across him, and I don't think he was ever going to get that. Um, Adam Randall was beaten and, and the ball was in the back of the net. Um, but he made a couple of tidy saves. He made one brilliant save at the end there to keep us in it. Uh, and and if that late goal had stood, then then that would have been even more important, that save. But as it was, yeah. but he tipped he tipped a great shot. can't remember who it was by um, over the top and 10 minutes to go, I think. Uh, he did all right. He did all right. Our def- defence, uh, you mentioned Randall there, our defence was made up of players who possibly aren't naturals in those positions. Yeah. Are they? I mean, Randall, you wouldn't normally see uh, play in the back four. Um, I, they did pretty well. 
Um, yeah. Considering there were fish out of water in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a whole team of, of players playing in unusual positions. Jake Andrews at left back. Um, you know, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's difficult at the moment. Um, I mean, you know, Ben Winter was playing centre-back alongside Sam Shering. He was the only recognised centre-back in, in the squad come Saturday. Um, yeah. yeah, it's difficult, and uh, and we shall see uh, how many players he's forced to play out of position on Saturday. So let, I mean, let's have a look at the Hartlepool game then. Saturday, home to Hartlepool, uh, three o'clock kickoff against Hartlepool. Beat them five nil up there in front of the BT cameras on mm. Halloween. Um, don't think it's going to be quite that easy to brush them aside now. They seem to be a better side. As Gary was saying, they've made quite a point of the fact that they've brought in players since that defeat. That was a bit of a watershed for them this season, wasn't it? That was a marker for them, for their manager to act, wasn't it? And uh, he did bring yeah. in some players. They've been much better ever since. And Torquay uh, haven't been as good as that since, I don't think. Maybe they were on uh, the Yeovil game. Um uh, it was it was when Torquay were flying, wasn't it? Um, so it's going to be a completely yeah. different game from that. Uh, two completely different sides, um, a lot closer, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean Hartlepool are still third. I mean we talk all the time about Sutton and Notts County, the teams <clears> that are really gaining on us hand over fist. But Hartlepool are third in the league, been there for a long time. They've been second or third all the way through the season. Um, they'll be in the reckoning towards the end, won't they? They're bound to be. The, the, yeah, they will be, and 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 they're you know like Notts County um, and a few others. They've been around there all season, but um, let's face it, it's Sutton that's the biggest problem. We don't even have to yes, think about it. We just got to win games. I mean, so, like I said to Gary, Sutton has suddenly become you know the kings of the late goal, like we were early on in the season. They scored. They, yeah. They've won two games now in the, in the injury time uh, from from drawing positions in the last week and a half. That's four points that they've gained on us, where they might have only gained two. It's kind of what it's kind of what good teams do, though, isn't it? I was talking to somebody the other day who's actually watched uh, Sutton play a couple of times, and he said they don't look all the world, no. but they keep going right to the end, which is a you know a trait that Torquay certainly had earlier in the season, and they keep nicking these games in the last minute. Yeah, absolutely, um, sign of a good team, isn't it? It is. So, I mean, they are the team that, that's really giving us the the hardest time at the moment. But they will, I mean, they will drop points. They've got seven out of eight games away coming up, haven't they? And that's an incredible run. I mean, I know it's not quite the same when the stadia haven't got fans in them. Gary uh, pointed that out, didn't he? And then we're, we're, they play us at Playmore during that run. It's an extraordinary yeah. run, isn't it? Seven out of eight games away from home. Yeah. How are they going to get that? They're bound to drop some points along the way. Now is the time when we really need to start picking the points up again, isn't it? With yeah. The, uh, starting with Hartley. Of course we do. On Saturday. We, do you know we've played Hartlepool 82 times down the years? Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's one of those teams that's been in our division a lot, isn't it? We've won 30, <laughs> drawn 24, and lost 28 of them. You okay there, mate? You sound a little bit like Bob Fleming off the fast show for a minute. <coughs> yes. <coughs> I think I'm That's better. I think I'm all right. <clears throat> so, talking about Hartlepool, I mean, uh, thanks to Julian for looking these up for us. Players who've played for both in the past, Eric Welsh, George Potter, Paul Dobson, Tom Kelly, Avian Williams, Marcus Richardson, Miles Anderson. Wow. And, of course, you can't mention Hartlepool without talking about Cyril Knowles. No who managed Hartlepool after 
playing more. Um, you know, if the, if you had to put down a club that you would think Cyril Knowles kind of epitomised, it's Hartlepool, isn't it? Absolutely. They a lot of tang- tangling of history, isn't there? There is, yeah, there is indeed. Um, we were talking last week, actually, We, you and I touched on it a while ago, and Charlie Baker was talking about it last week, how teams like Cyril Knowles' team would have dealt with the online trolls. Yes. When you've got, uh, you got yeah. people taking to Facebook immediately after a defeat, saying, this lot of rubbish, so-and-so's terrible, you know, sack the manager, sack the players, get new players in, all that sort of thing. And, and you just imagine how... Kenny Allen or Dave Caldwell or John MP or Cyril himself would have uh, would have dealt with some of those comments. People would have had a knock on the door, wouldn't they? <clears throat> they may well have done, yes, indeed. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. Yeah, I think possibly so. So Hartlepool, looking forward to that. It's going to be a heck of a game. First against third. We were looking forward to Aldershot as well, but unfortunately yep. that's off. In case you haven't picked that up at the start of the podcast, there's, um, there's a COVID case in the Aldershot camp. So the first thing to say is that whoever that is, we wish them all the best. Um, you know, just because things are starting to ebb away a little bit um, doesn't mean it's over yet. I've got my jab coming up on Saturday. Do you know what? I actually fixed the appointment up at West Point for after the game. So I don't want to miss any of the action in the Hartlepool game. You're off to West Point, are you? I, I, I've had mine because of my diabetes and I, I was at uh, ERC. So yeah, you've, they've sent you up oh, there. Well, uh, this week, the over-60s, which I am, obviously, now, um, are given the opportunity to book an NHS test, which takes a bit of the pressure off the um, the local doctor's surgeries. Um, so I booked one. So I'm in at West Point after the game on Saturday. So I hope to be driving up in jubilation. <clears throat> Brilliant. The only trouble is I've got to have my second one in May. I've got to go down to Argyle for that. Oh, my word. <sighs> but there you go. I need to get out more. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I hope you um, wear your talkie shirt when you do that that day. Oh, I, I will. Don't worry. Absolutely. Behind enemy lines, I'll have my talkie shirt on. Yeah. Uh, no, just getting back, another player who's played for both Hartlepool and Torquay, of course, uh, Fraser Kerr. Yes. And there by hangs a tail. Fraser Kerr has departed Playmore this week. Yes. Um, that had been coming for a little while. You kind of underestimate how <clears> difficult it must be for a player a player who isn't playing, who's who's injured, um, who's a long way, hundreds of miles away from friends and family, uh, living in digs, and um, you know it's, it's difficult. And his move back to Chesterfield allows him to get a little bit closer to his um, his natural base, if you like, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is something that we haven't really touched that much, but there are players that are playing for Torquay at the moment who haven't seen their young families for months and months and months because uh, they have to be in what is effectively a Torquay United bubble, um, while their families live up, up north somewhere. So, um, you know, the, we, we do have a lot of younger players and, 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 you know, some of them don't have kids, but they do have parents who they will, they'll miss. They do have siblings that they'll miss. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Listen, they're playing football and they love it, but, you know, it must be a bit tough for them being so far away from family and friends. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, <clears throat> footballers do have quite a bit of downtime. Um, yeah. You know, they, they train hard, they work hard. Nobody's saying they don't, but there is downtime. And if you've got no family, you can't go out, you can't mingle, you can't go and play snooker, or you can't, you know, there's nowhere open where you might normally 
spend a, a bit of time with your mates. And it, it's going to be difficult. So, you know, hopefully a move back up to the north will get Fraser Kerr a little bit closer to um, to his loved ones and uh, improve things for him. We wish him all the best, don't we? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I quite liked him. When I saw him play, I quite liked what <clears> I saw of him. He was a decent defender. Uh, he had a couple of good games for us, didn't he? I mean, he, uh, he was another one like Andrew Nelson who was injured from the word go. It took him a while to to, to, to get fit and ready to play. But when he did come in... Uh, for a little run of games, he he did look decent, and uh, yeah, right. and it was a shame that he got injured again because um, I mean we don't know uh, how how things would have panned out if he had been playing every game, but um, he certainly he certainly looked a decent player, and uh, it's a shame that he's he, we, we've lost his services. And looking forward to seeing a bit more from Scott Bowden as well. I mean, he came yep. on for a bit of a cameo at Solihull Moors. <clears throat> came on for 15 minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he hardly got a touch of the ball, no. really, because Augie were defending in some numbers by then. Yeah. Um, so he didn't get much of the ball at all. But... And didn't... He's, he's and got didn't a decent... Working, yeah, so he's got, um, he couldn't play at working because he was cup-tied, obviously. But he's got a half-decent record at... It, 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 this level, so um, and we need we do need someone to start scoring some goals for us, don't we? Yeah, and we also need someone who can get the who can receive the eight ball, hold it up, and bring midfielders into play. I mean, Connor Lemon Hay Evans must be looking forward to playing with a striker who can hold the ball up, see him coming, lay the ball off, and give him a chance to have a shot. I mean, this is. Uh, this is the great strength of a centre forward, a Rennie Howe type centre forward, and, and Scott Bowden's <clears> got a little bit of that to his game, hasn't he? Yeah, he I mean, plays well with his back to goal. We we all know that 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 that's what Gary wanted with Danny Wright, and Danny Wright was it was doing exactly that until he got his hamstring yeah. injury. Danny Wright, um, possibly a month away. I'm hearing. Yeah, I saw some indications this week he might be back a little sooner than expected. Yeah. You, you, you can't. I mean, as we know from bitter experience with other players, you can't rush these hamstring injuries, no. can you? And, and, and it, well, I mean, it, it was it was it was an operation on it as well, wasn't it? It wasn't just a, yeah. a, a strain or a, a yeah. So yeah, um, but but, but oh, oh, Billy Walters isn't that player, isn't that wasn't brought in to do that job. So he's doing okay up front, but he's not he's not a lone striker, really, is he? And um, uh, it's a shame that Josh Amura hasn't been able to step up and do the job that Danny Wright was doing. But uh, he's still young and uh, he's not quite got there yet. Um, so let's see what Scott Bowden can do. Absolutely. If we can play with a target man and a poacher, up yeah. front, a Bowden and a Waters together up front, I would, um, I would certainly love to see that. Absolutely. Be, uh, Absolutely. Talking about centre-backs, as we were, um, big news for a, a former Plainmore favourite this week, Darren Moore. We're all delighted, aren't we, that he's got the Sheffield Wednesday job. Yeah, that's a big yeah. club, isn't it? I know it's a high-pressure high job, but yeah. great for Darren Moore. Yeah, absolutely. Pleased for him because he was... Um, I, I think we all felt slightly harshly treated when he lost his job at West Brom. He'd done wonders to oh, keep yeah. him up that season and then uh, wasn't given much time to prove himself... There, absolute legend at the Baggies, of course. And uh, yeah, I've got a friend who's a, a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Um, I haven't seen him obviously recently, but uh, I'll be interested to see how he feels about Darren Moore being there. 
I, I mean, Darren Moore as a character, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to meet Darren several times during the course of work, <clears> and <throat> such a nice guy. Another one, you wouldn't really want to be in the dressing room having let him down. No. But, um, you know, meeting him occasionally at Plainmore when he's been there with other clubs and, you know, when he was a young lad, when he was a player there. Just a thoroughly, thoroughly nice guy and a terrific footballer as well. Indeed. Yeah, no, he'd, uh, I've never met him. Um, although <clears throat> everyone who has talks, talks well of him. Yeah, indeed. He's from the Mike Bateson era as well. He yep. and Mike Bateson were very close, weren't they? Got a lovely Sue photograph Bateson. of him and Sue Bateson, actually, sitting there having a meal. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> great, great guy. And a great move for him. We'll be watching Sheffield... Well, we always watch Sheffield Wednesday with interest. One of our uh, one of our listeners, Lee, over in France, uh, is a massive Sheffield Wednesday fan. Um, and I was delighted to be able to give him the news about Darren Moore earlier this week. So somehow the French press hadn't caught up on it yet. But, what are they uh, doing? Why? They're all full of Reese Healy scoring goals for Toulouse, I think. Aha. Uh-huh. Which brings us that was um, to the ex goal. Perf- very well done, that was, Guy. Now I've spoiled it by talking over it. <laughs> there is a bit of interesting news. There are the usual goal scorers. Reese Healy scored again for Toulouse against Amiens. Uh, more goals. Reese Murphy, Paul McCallum, John Marquis, Kiefer Moore scored goals, all of them. Um, the usual suspects. A uh, couple of people on the move. Alex Bass, the young goalkeeper, has gone on a loan from Portsmouth to South End. Okay. He was pretty good. We yeah. had him a few seasons ago. Yeah. He must be knocking on a bit now. He got injured, didn't he? Did he get injured? He did. Yeah. Yeah, he did pick up an injury, went back to Portsmouth. Um, obviously, hasn't quite been able to break into the uh, the first team picture at Portsmouth. I think we liked good him. I can't, I can't remember too well, but I think we liked him. We did. <clears throat> and here's an interesting one. Look, Giancarlo Galifuoco has signed for Kuala Lumpur United in the Malaysian Super League. You've just made them up. Where he has joined uh, another player, ex-Chalky player, currently playing for Sabah FC, Guy Nabuyu. Wow. He's playing for Sabah FC in the Malaysian Super League. So it occurs to me, do you have to have a name, a, a first name and a second name beginning with G? To play in the Malaysian Super League. Yeah, so yeah, Gregory Gregory Goodridge on the phone. Yeah, Gregory Goodridge might still get a game. Yeah. And as I found as well, there's a George Gancher played for Chalky, played six games in 1929-30. He might be knocking on a little bit for just, the Malaysian. Just a Super little League. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, Galifuoco and Nabiu both playing in the Malaysian Super League. I don't know where we'll ever get hold of details or results or highlights of those, but I'm going to look out for them. You'll find it, Guy. You'll find it. (laughs) I will. I'll use some of my downtime to to try and find those. So that's your podcast. Wow. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Gary for, um, you know, a really good chat this week. It's always good to catch up with the gaffer and find out his thoughts on, um, on football in general. Yeah. And, uh, Looking forward to this Hartlepool game on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, feels like we, we've got the FA Trophy out of the way. We, we, we beat um, Sully Holmores the week before. Um, it feels like maybe the start of a, the end of the season, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like, it feels like a, a not a turning point, but, but a, a new phase of the season. 
Yeah, I get what you mean, especially if we can get a couple of players back. If, if Dean Moxie is maybe fit, if Armani Little is maybe, you know close to being fit. Yeah, and I think both of those players are, are closer than some of the others as well, so, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. All good. And don't forget the live streaming is available from Talker United. Very good quality live streaming. Uh, a bargain. And uh, the only way we're going to get to see Torquay play for the moment until the restrictions are lifted. Uh, the, um... talking, about, talking about live streams, I thought Wokings was good. They had a couple of cameras and I, I think they did all right. Um, I thought the, 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 the people who, who did the commentary were good. I'm afraid Woking let themselves down on their social media by bigging up the result with pictures of, of, of Ben Gehring. I thought that was a bit childish, but never mind. Um, let them have that one. Um, I also thought the Sully Moore's uh, stream was, was pretty good as well. And it was £7.50. It was. Yes, cheapest it was. one it was cheapest one of the season. An absolute bargain. Yeah. But, um, yeah, get the stream for Saturday, enjoy the game, and we'll be back next week to... Um, to talk some more about it. Absolutely. This has been the Yellow Army Podcast. Thanks for listening. And as ever, we finish with Come, Come On, on you, you Yellows. yellows.